So listen up. Um, we have six questions to do tonight. That's, that's two-thirds of what we've been doing for the past several weeks, okay? And so here's what I want to do. We're going to go through these questions. Most of them are fairly quick tonight. I want to make sure that we give you guys some good uh, team time tonight um, to, to look back on the last several weeks of questions and the, uh, the big idea statements and things like that and, and to just... The, the speed quiz is in two weeks. Okay, everybody say two weeks. two weeks. Next week is the last week of the questions. You guys only have five questions left after tonight, right? You've been doing an awesome job on these. And, and um, listen, so, so uh, the quiz is in two weeks, and it's not like an average, like your you know, school boring quiz. This thing's going to be awesome, okay? Um, and so I want to encourage you guys to, uh, to I'm going to give you some team time and give you some time to just kind of study here together or whatever. But I also want to encourage you guys, if you haven't seen it on the Facebook post yet, or it went out on a parent email as well, um, but this quiz is going to be, you're gonna, it's going to involve, uh, we're going to need total of 12 devices, okay? Uh, and so if you want to go ahead and, and download the app for your phone, uh, you can check out the Facebook page and it's got a link there for you, but it's Speed Quizzing uh, Buzzer app. Speed Quizzing Buzzer app. Your phone should be off right now, so you can't look for it yet, Okay. Um, but when you go home, yes? That is false because I have it on my phone right now. False. I'll show you. So, okay. So, anyway, let's get to the questions. If you're new here, this is how it works. I'm going to read a question. It's going to pop up on the screen. Van's going to show it to us. If you know the answer to it, um, which if you're new here, you, you might not unless you know this catechism, okay? Um, then you stand up and you answer it for your team. If you get it right, you get 3,000 points. If you get it wrong, uh, yellow is, is where we left off, and so they'll be the next team that gets a chance and so on and so forth, okay? And we'll move down the row, yes. Yellow is the one that we left it on, so we start with yellow. Oh, so it's green next? Okay, so green, not yellow. So, yes, thank you. So you need to turn in your sheets from last week so that nobody cheats. Right? Hand them in to Jill. That's fine. It doesn't have, doesn't have any of the questions, but thank you for asking. Hurry up. Hurry up. The longer you take doing this, the less team time you have. Give them to Jill. You just saved your life. All right, are they all turned in? Are they all turned in? Are you guys ready? These guys are ready. Are you guys ready? Red team, you really got to work on the enthusiasm. All right. What are the sacraments or ordinance? Luca, it was, he was really, 
It looked like him. It looked like him to me. Redo it. Come back to it. I'm going to say it was Luca. Was it? What? Unbelievable. You have one job. You have one job. You had two jobs. Okay. Well, we, well, we can't really come back to it. Go with what? Shh. The light? The light is on green. Yeah. Yeah. In a jump ball in basketball, it goes to the possession arrow. So, green. Wait, shh. What? Baptism in the Lord's Supper. Good job. All right. So, Romans 6, 4. Romans 6, 4. Thousand points for the per- first person that gets in the stands. Oh, Hunter. Romans 6, 4. Oh, wait, I need somebody to run the microphone for me. Kevin, I saw your hand go. Romans 6, 4. Shh, listen, listen. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Good job. Okay, 1,000 points for green for getting the... Oh, wait, there's another one. Luke 22, 19 through 20. Who's going to get it? Stand up. 19 through 20. It was, it was at the same time. I'm going to give it to Anna. 19 through 20? Listen, yeah. Yes. Did I miss do it? Wait, Luke. Luke 22? One. Oh, nope. Dang it. Uh-oh. <laughs> they were. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this and remember me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Good job. Okay. Another thousand points for green. All right, we're going to watch the video for this one, and then we'll talk about it for a second. There are two sacraments or ordinances. There's baptism, which is once for all, And there's the Lord's Supper, which is ongoing and regular. We call both of them ordinances because Jesus Christ commands us to do them. But we call them sacraments because through them, God's blessing and grace comes to us in unique ways. They are not just personal, individual experiences. We are members of a community, and baptism and the Lord's Supper show that we belong to that community, the covenant community, the people who belong to Jesus. And that's the reason why these are actually like boundary markers, and the Westminster Confession says, quote, they put a visible difference between those that belong to the church and the rest of the world, unquote. They are both signs and seals. We call them signs because they symbolize the blessings of salvation, forgiveness for sins, uh, the reception of the Holy Spirit, 
uh, the ability to commune with Jesus Christ in his presence. But they're not only signs, they're seals. That means they actually bring these blessings to us. They assure us and stir up our faith, and it's our faith that receives those blessings. There are some places in the Bible, such as 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 1 Peter 3, where the text seems to say that it's the sacraments that actually receive the blessings of salvation. But the sacraments stir up our faith, and our faith is what actually receives the blessings and what saves us. So J.I. Packer puts it like this, quote, As the preaching of the word makes the gospel audible, so the sacraments make it visible. And God stirs up faith by both means. Sacraments, therefore, function as a means of grace on the principle that literally seeing leads to believing. Okay, and so we're going to talk in, in a little bit too some of your questions about um, baptism and the Lord's Supper. They're not means of salvation, but they are evidence of salvation in our lives. Uh, and, and so um, I think about too, like I have a wedding ring on, okay? This doesn't make me married necessarily. That's a commitment that I make to my wife. It's a covenant that we make together before God that makes us married. But the wedding ring reminds me of the marriage covenant that I am involved in with my wife. When I, when I sit here and fiddle with my ring, uh, I think about my wife and how much I love her and how much I uh, am committed to her. When we take the, the Lord's Supper and when we are baptized, these are outward symbols of our faith in Christ and uh, reminders of us. Like he said, signs and seals, okay? Uh, uh, reminders and, and confirmation of the promises that God has made to us that were fulfilled through Jesus, okay? Um, what is the Lord's Supper? I'll give it to you. In thankful remembrance of him. That was good. You got it. Uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. Wow, good work. Green. Morgan, she was on. <laughs> For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this and remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Good job. Thousand points for green. You're fast. Do you already have these bookmarks? No. My Bible just opened. Oh, your Bible just opened to it. Jesus. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's helping the green team tonight, apparently. Uh, the Lord's Supper, or communion, is what, is what we call as well. Okay, It's a reminder that Christ's death means life for those who put their hope and trust in him. In the video that we just watched um, for that last question, he referred to baptism and communion as signs and seals. And I mentioned this too again. Uh, in essence, what that means is that they both represent as a sign and they confirm as a seal to us a promise of God. And uh, in this case, the Lord's Supper is a sign that represents the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for our sins. The bread and the juice remind us of his body in it, uh, that was broken and his blood that was shed for us. And it also acts as confirmation to us uh, that God fulfilled his promise to send us a savior, that Jesus did come and he did die and he did pay the punishment 
for our sins. Um, and so as we take that, we can be encouraged by that. We can dwell on that and we can remember that and, uh, and, and be strengthened by that. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says that whatever, uh, whenever we eat the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So in other words, we're taking and we're proclaiming the promise of God fulfilled in the death of Jesus on the cross when we take communion. This is why Christ commanded all the believers to participate in communion and why we do it in an ongoing way. We constantly uh, are in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. That's, that's how we live our lives, in thankfulness for that, right? Um, the thankful remembrance, then, that expressed through the participating in the Lord's Supper is similar to uh, like the way that we sing a song of praise uh, in, in uh, worship to God. Both are acts of worship, but they're just different expressions of our worship to God. Uh, in communion, we're remembering the meaning of the sacrifice of Jesus' death on the cross on our behalf, and we do it together as a body uh, as a reminder that Jesus' death not only reconciles us to God, but also to one another as believers in the body of Christ. What is Baptism. It was Luca. It was Luca. It was Luca. It was, it was, it was like this. I saw, I was looking right here. It was Luca. I could see the periphery. Yes, it was Luca. What is baptism? Baptism is the washing with water in the name of the... Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good job. <laughs> Romans 6.4. We already read this. Romans 6.4. Oh, green. Green is on it with the Bible. <laughs> that was a good, good try. It was a good, it's a good effort. And stand up more aggressively next time. Go ahead. Sorry. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Good job. Thousand points for green. Okay. So again, like the Lord's Supper, baptism is a sign and a seal. It's a sign that represents that someone is united with Christ, both in his death and his resurrection. As a believer, when you're baptized... Um, it serves as a symbol that you've died to your old life of sin, your old way of life, and that you've been raised to a new life in Christ. You're a new creation in Him. And it's a proclamation of your commitment to follow Jesus as Lord and your desire to grow to be more like Him. Baptism doesn't save you, right? Just like the Lord's Supper doesn't save you. Only Christ saves you through God's grace and your faith in Him. But baptism also acts as a seal to confirm in you the promise that God has given you new life in Christ, that you now have the Holy Spirit, that you were uh, dead in your sins and now you've been made new. You've been uh, reborn and given new life in Christ. Baptism demonstrates publicly that an inner conversion and a desire to live for the Lord has happened in your life. That's what you're confessing. That's what you're proclaiming in baptism. It serves as an encouragement to other believers in the body of Christ and it serves as a testimony to unbelievers about the saving work that Christ did on the cross and is made available to anybody uh, that would put their faith in him. If you're a follower of Christ and you've never been baptized, 
I want to encourage you to come talk to me tonight or one of the leaders at the end of, this, uh, of our time together, okay? Um, and if you want more information on that, we have these baptism uh, pamphlets, I guess if you want to call it, uh, that, that talk about a little bit more what baptism is. They're back at the guest connections table back there. Okay, or you can come up and get this one from me. But if you're, if you're a follower of Christ in here and you've never been baptized, I'd love to talk to you about it uh, and, and why um, you haven't yet, okay? And, and, and help maybe if, you, if it's just an understanding thing, maybe help you understand that a little bit more uh, so that you can uh, take that step in your life to, to let others know um, that you've made that commitment to follow Christ. All right. Is everybody ready? What's my name? <laughs> Everybody's just like yelled. Nobody stood up. Bree, you stood up. Yeah. Does the Lord's Supper add anything? You, that, was, that was like... Uh, Clayton. Does the Lord's Supper add anything to Christ's atoning work? No, Christ died once for all. No, Christ died once for all. Good work. You stood up and sat down. Make this a repeat. Yeah. You stood up and sat down. It's pretty awesome. It's like a wave. Good job. No, Christ died once for all. Okay. First uh, Peter three eighteen. First Peter three eighteen. Kenzie, good job. Okay. All right. Listen. Four. I applaud the effort, Keaton. I applaud the effort. All right, listen. She's going to read it. First Peter 3.18. For Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Good job. Okay, 1,000 points for yellow. All right, listen. The Lord's Supper is meant for the strengthening and refreshing of our souls, not for the salvation of them, Okay. Uh, last week, we talked about whether or not there was anything that we could do to, to uh, seek salvation through our own works or anywhere else, and the answer was no, right? If we could, then what, what would we be? Perfect or our own Savior, right? That's what we talked about last week. If we could do anything to, to help or, to, um, or, or to, to add to uh, or make access to our own salvation, we would be our Savior. And so in the same way then... Um, uh, uh, the Lord's Supper and participating in that, that would be adding to, that would be uh, these, this extra work that, that we would do to, to, to have the salvation. It's not possible, okay? Christ alone is our, is our Savior. He is the only Savior. And so to take communion uh, with, the, with the mindset that the act itself, that when I do this, that results in salvation, is to take it in what the Bible calls an unworthy manner. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine says that anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the atoning work of Jesus on the cross for our sins, that person eats and drinks judgment on themselves. That's what the verse says, okay? The whole purpose of the Lord's Supper is to be a reminder and a confirmation of God's promise to make salvation available to all of us through uh, a Savior, and that Savior is not baptism. That Savior is not um, uh, the Lord's Supper. That Savior is not the bread and the cup. That Savior is who? Jesus Christ, right? And so as believers, we take communion then as a symbol and a declaration that we have believed 
in Christ, that we are believers in Christ, that we're following him and we believe in him as our one and only savior through his sacrificial death on the cross. Uh, the Bible's clear that communion is only for believers to participate in, but the good news that communion represents, the salvation through Christ alone, when we put our faith in him, that is available to anyone. That's available right now uh, to you even. If you haven't done that tonight, right now, you can trust uh, that Christ's work on the cross was enough for you, that, 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 uh, the, the, what he did, the sacrificial death that he gave when he laid his life down as a punishment for my sins and for your sins, that you can receive that and be forgiven from that, uh, from your sins, if you put your trust in him. And, and then the next time that we participate in communion together as a church body, if you come on Sundays, or, um, uh, then you can gladly participate with thankfulness for what Christ has done for you in that. But communion doesn't save us, right? The act itself doesn't save us. It's a reflection and a reminder of the one who did save us. Is baptism with water (laughs) the washing away of sin itself? No, only the blood of Christ can wash away, cleanse us from our sin. Good work. Luke 3.16. Luke 3.16. Oh. Who was it? I saw you. I didn't see you. 3.16. Luke 3.16. Okay. John answered them all. I baptize you with water, but one more powerful, but one more powerful than I will come. The, the, I don't want to say that. The songs of whose scandals I am not worthy to untie. Oh, okay. Um, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Good job. Sorry, was- no, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Okay, 1,000 points for yellow. Uh, okay, so just like communion, uh, baptism doesn't add anything to the full and finished work of Christ on the cross, right? To save us. This is like, it's a, like a broken record, right? All, every single week, at some point, I, I think that we've mentioned that Jesus alone saves us. That's the whole idea. Everything that we read in Scripture points to Jesus as our Savior. And so, uh, not baptism, not, not anything that we can do, not the Lord's Supper. It's the shed blood of Christ that washes our sin away, not the physical act of getting dunked underwater. Once again, it's a symbol of a change that's already taken place in your heart, um, that you have already been cleansed and made new because of Jesus. When we put our faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit gives us new life in Jesus, and the Spirit takes up residence in us and makes us more like Christ for the rest of our lives. Physical water baptism is an outward symbol of all uh, these spirit that, that excuse me that all these spiritual things have happened already that they've already taken place in the life of a believer. And so the physical act of baptism can't wash away our sins because they've already been washed away through our spiritual baptism in Christ, through Christ's blood shed on the cross and the renewing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, okay? How is the Word of God? To be read and heard. How is the word of God to be read and heard? 
with deliverance, preparation, and prayer so that we can accept it in faith and practice it in our lives. One more time. With what? <laughs> um, with deliverance, preparation. With what? <laughs> with, mm, with, <laughs> with dedication? <laughs> okay. You're missing one word. You're missing one word. And it's 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 significant. Yeah, that's all right. Wait, what was who's blue? Okay. It's it's I would give it to you, but that one it's it's it you need to know that word, okay? Yes. Yes. Diligence. It's an important one. It's an important one. That was a good effort, though. It was a good try. Okay? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Do you have it? 2 Timothy 3. Do you have it? Did you have it? Is it there? Uh, you were still looking for it. I'm going to give it to Ken's. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and useful, used for, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. Excellent. Thank you. Oh, wait. Did you read the rest? In 17? Yes. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay. Good job. Thank you. Thousand points. Um, okay, so if you've noticed, if you've noticed every single catechism question that we've answered so far in these past six weeks, what's the first thing that we've done after revealing the answer? Scripture, scripture right? We read scripture. Uh, all of these answers are based on biblical truths, not man-made ideas. Uh, and so um, there's a video that goes along with this one too, and I want, to, I want us to watch this, and then we'll we'll wrap up. The Bible is not just another book, and so we ought to approach it in a unique way. The, the Bible is God-breathed. That's what this passage from 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All Scripture is breathed out by God. It's inspired. Now, that doesn't mean that the Bible is inspiring. Now, it is inspiring. But whether anyone in the world is inspired by the Bible, the Bible is still inspired itself. It's, it's God's word to us. It's God exhaling, God opening his most hallowed lips and speaking to us. So this word is God wor- God's word, and this word is exactly what God wanted to be written down in Holy Scripture. So that means we ought to approach this with a special reverence and with a special care. So we come to the Bible very carefully. We want to be diligent. We want to be prepared. We want to take it seriously. And we also come with with a special reverence to this book because God is speaking to us. There's a submission to the Word that one of the ways to think of the Christian faith is that we stop telling God what to do and God now speaks to us. I think uh, 
theologian once said that you know, to be a Christian meant you put your hand over your mouth and were silent. And it doesn't mean that we can't ever cry out to God. Certainly the Psalms are full of that. But it means that we approach Scripture with this reverence, wanting to hear from God, submitting ourselves fully to the Word of God. And I like what, what it says here that when we come to it, the aim is not just information. It, it's never less than information. We're not against information. God uses that, but it's more than just information we're trying to get from the Bible. Uh, we want faith. That's what God wants, to accept this with faith so that there's a real delight in the Word. There's a desire for it. There's a dependence upon it. We're embracing it with faith and then storing it up. So I love the line about John Bunyan that said, if you would prick him, his blood would be bibline. He was so full of the scriptures that it came out of him. That, that's what we want, that we store it up and then we practice it. Because after all, Jesus said, if you love me, what? If you love me, you will have a tingling sensation in your heart. No, he didn't say that. Those, that's wonderful. But he said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So if we are serious about loving God, we must be very serious about obeying God and obeying his word to us. That's the aim, to be transformed by it, to embrace it in faith, to worship at his feet. Really, in its simplest form, we ought to come to the word of God with the same sort of attitude with which we'd come to God himself. So if God was speaking to you, which he does in the scriptures, if God was opening his mouth to us, how would we approach him? Well, I think we would listen very carefully. We would listen very diligently. We would listen very submissively. We would listen expectantly. And we'd listen with an aim to love and obey. One of, um, one of my favorite prayers to pray as I open scripture as I read my Bible, comes from the Bible, okay? It's Psalm 119, verse 18. It says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. The Bible often has a reputation for being boring or confusing uh, or exclusive or judgmental. Pick your word. It, it has a lot of co a negative connotation to it. Um, but I think mostly the, the, the people that associate it with those things uh, maybe don't understand it or, or haven't, haven't read into it or or, um, or maybe just don't have um, the Spirit's help, okay? But um, in reality, listen, the Bible is wonderful. Like he just said, it is God's words to us, God's word to us. Um, it gives us knowledge of our Creator, of, uh, of our Savior, and of His Spirit, whom He's given to every believer. These are wonderful things. They allow us to know the one who made us. And, um, and, and so... Um, we can't truly know and understand who God is. We can't truly know and understand uh, who God the Father is, who God the Son is, who Jesus is. Uh, we can't know about our Savior and His sacrifice on the cross um, without, uh, without His Word to tell us. Now, you might have heard it from other people, but they get it from the Bible, right? And, and we can't know about the Spirit and His work in our life without... Uh, being informed by the scripture. And so reading this, 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 this right here uh, should be one of the greatest adventures in your life. If you come willingly, if you come expectantly, if you come uh, humbly and ready 
to see and apply the wonderful things that God has for you in it. And if you want to read it, but you don't know where to start, um, I would love to talk you about, to you about that too tonight, okay? And, and help you get a, a reading plan or something going, but just give you a direction to, to get started in this. Listen, when I pray that prayer, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things of your law. And if you were here on Sunday, I mentioned this a little bit too, but I literally, I can't read my Bible now without audibly going, whoa, it's exciting. It is exciting to, to get to unfold or have the mysteries of God unfolded to me through his word and the work of the spirit in my life. And so I want to I challenge that to you. If you know Christ, um, Pick up his word and dig into it and, uh, and explore these treasures, these wonderful things that God has for you, okay? All right, so I want to give you guys some team time tonight, but, um, uh, and so rather than get into your teams and, and come up with a statement here, um, I want to give you the last 10 minutes to just kind of review everything that we've gone so far. So I'm going to give you the statement tonight, okay, the big idea, and then um, does anybody want to give a shot at last week's? Hunter, you got it? Hunter is like the big idea statement. Nobody's even like uncontested. Let's hear it. By God's own love and grace, he gives us salvation through the works of his son. And through the gift of the Holy Spirit, he gives us the faith to believe and the freedom to love him, obey him, and approach him confidently in prayer. Nice work. 3,000 points. Okay. All right, so tonight's big idea from these six questions, reading the word, taking communion, and getting baptized don't save us, but all give testimony of the salvation that we can find in Christ alone. And all three practices will be found in the life of a believer. Reading the word, taking communion, and getting baptized don't save us, but all give testimony of the salvation we find in Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. And all three practices will be found in the life of a believer. Just like he said a minute ago, because it's obedience out of love, we're going to do these things because Christ has commanded us to. All right, so only five questions left for next week. Um, you can get in your teams in just a second, and we have a full, the full catechism to give to you as a team and, the, and all these summaries that you can look over, okay? Uh, green team, you guys are on cleanup this week, and so when at 8.30 or whatever when you're done, Head back to the kitchen, and uh, Leslie, Brenda, and K-Funks, you guys are, are back there with them. So uh, get into your teams, and then we'll hand out the stuff.